Putting Up with Aaron Michael Marsh. I'll, I'll go through this. I don't think I've done this on the podcast. Is As a little kid, I was on the Cubs Little League team. Oh, so you're not from Chicago. Nah, no, that was in Poway. <laughs> that was in San Diego. That's hilarious. You have one San Diego hat, and everything in here is fucking Chicago. And it's not even just the Cubs, bro. You got Oh, it's mostly Cubs, but I see some yeah. Bears stuff up there. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you. so you get on the Little League team. Yeah. And then you get WGN. What's WGN? WGN was it's the Superstation. That's what their oh, okay. slogan is. So it was the Chicago station that covered all of the games. Yeah. Now the difference between that and um, being in the San Diego sports, the San Diego sports didn't sell out. They were blacked out every game. So what do you mean? So your Little League games would be on TV? No, 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 no. Which, I just heard it had the hat and it was like, wait, I'm in the farm system? Which is not true. <laughs> so you were so so in San Diego they would get Cubs games. Yeah. And then you... Because the whole you nation were, got Cubs games. We got... Braves were on TBS. Oh, you're right. And Cubs got, were on WGN. I never knew, thought about that because I saw Braves too in New York. And then local ABC would show the Padres, but they would black them out because they weren't selling out, so you had to go get tickets to go see them. No way. You so wouldn't be able I, to watch it on TV. Yes, yeah, so I could I didn't see That's San what Diego that means Padre when you games. black it out. How do you think yeah. you're going to build a fan base if you don't let people watch it on TV? That's the whole thing, dude. So like, then like, so the screen would just be blue and pink and be like, oh, no way. this was scheduled to be whatever and the Padres, but... Sorry, man. If you want to go see it, go see it live. So you would just watch Cubs games instead? All the time. I have so memories they, they of build- going to the Padres, but watching them on TV very rarely. So how did they... Who thought of that idea? Because that's genius. Like, the Braves got it on a station. The Cubs got it. Like, whoever... The, the- Cubs were the first one. Okay. So the Cubs- That's genius marketing. Just to be like, hey, nationwide. Because you're right. I saw Braves games all the time growing up. I never knew why. And it was TBS. Yeah, because... Um, that's weird. I'm trying to remember the name of Ted Turner. Yeah, was Atlanta based. Yeah, and Turner Classic, right? And so he bought the uh, the rights to show the Braves, and he did. I mean, at the right time, they got great. Yeah, and then the Cubs, they got the opposite. They were not great. (laughs) But they had Harry Carey, who was the most charming. Yeah, so you guys just listened to him. So you got to you actually listened to him. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I grew up with him. That's wild. That's cool. Well, that was the cool thing about it is like you learn as a fan. You're like. Oh, if the team's not good, we just make fun of them and have a good time. Yeah. You guys were the lovable losers for a while. How does it feel when you got, when, this is the funny thing is, do you feel like you're part of the team? Like, not like, I mean, like the, because you're not from there, but you obviously, I mean, you're I a mean, big Cubs fan. Like, yeah, I'm as much of a fan as I think a fan can be. That's what I was going to say. So, like, when they won, you went nuts then. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went ballistic. I, yeah. at first, was like, okay, how do I get there? Yeah, okay, that's the first thing. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. get out there at all or not? No. No, because then it became like a, oh, yeah, no, I don't have the money to do this. Yeah, because everybody was probably like, Yeah, it was like super expensive. And then what was weird is I had friends that weren't Cubs fans. Like, not even like, oh, they're casual. They're not. They're like Dodger fans. And they're like, I'm going out there. You know? And like then they come back with Cubs hats and you're like, Uh, the hell? You know? (laughs) Yeah, because some people just want to be at the big, cool place. Yeah, it was the thing at sports moment. Yeah, oh, yeah, for baseball. I mean, I don't think Chicago, because the – Every other team won, so it's, it's like when I'm a big Knicks fan, so I know yeah. that when the Knicks win, that's going to be the biggest parade that New York City sees since, like, the 86 Mets because yeah. every other team kind of won, and it's like that team hasn't won since 73. So, yeah, and the Cubs are always, like, in the top three most popular teams. Yeah, that's true. Maybe is it because of WGN? Because of WGN. 100% because wow. of WGN. Their fan base didn't explode until WGN. That's so smart. Because they also, if you don't have a local team, you would just 
pick. He'd be Cubs or Braves. That's pretty much it, right? dude. You yeah. go with those. You're like, all right, cool. I'm in Phoenix. It's before because this was before the Diamondbacks or whatever. If you're in Phoenix, you're like, those are my two teams. Yeah. And so those two teams still sell very well when they come to Phoenix, better wow. than the Diamondbacks because they're like, oh no, we chose teams. Wow, that's right. Because the Rockies, I have friends from Colorado that are random team fans because they didn't grow up with a baseball team. Yeah. And by the time the Rockies came around, they were like, bro, I already have an allegiance to a baseball team. I'm not gonna jump. Yeah. It doesn't this. make sense. Yeah. Not right now. Even though, like, the Cubs were, like, at the end of it, you know, like, there's a reason. You could have been like, well, you're not going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. And then they won the World Series. Like, the Dimex won it, like, four years into being a team. Yeah. They won, they won quick. They beat the Yankees. Yeah, but to 2001, me. 2001, I think. Yeah. But to me, that was just, oh, Mark Grace got it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, I was going fine. to those games because Mark Grace was there. Oh, that's weird. That's fucked. So, yeah. you were like, you like tie yourself to the t- players and teams and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. If you were ever a cub, <laughs> if you were ever a cub, like, I'm your fan. That's hilarious. If you not even were an all star, but were a utility player, like a daily player, I'll recognize your face at the grocery store. That's wild, bro. Yeah. A couple of them follow me on Twitter, and you're like, you have no idea. You know, like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. Cause I bet for them, it must be wild for people to recognize them because no one brought. I mean, you know, sometimes you're like, that guy's like six foot five. What the hell? He must be. But then it'd be like, you're that exact guy. They must be like, dude, no one calls me out for being who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. And like, whenever they go back down to the minors, like, I like follow them. Go like, to the down- games yeah, exactly. And stuff. <laughs> dude, 100%. That's so like, wild. Because like in Tucson, we got minor league ball, that left, and then we had independent league ball. Which is low, lower well, than I was minors. Say, so it's That's lower not a than contract. A. Yeah, no. If you hit forty home runs in a week, you're not seeing the major leagues. Wow! Like, but you're still playing and That's making like a living. To, yeah, to try to get into the minors, which will get you into. So, the like two Jesus years after Zambrano, I don't want to say retired because he didn't. He went to the independent Golden League game, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm seeing Zambrano come to town." Oh, that's cool. Oh, Bobby Scales is here next week. We're going. That's dope. Okay. My buddies and I will be happy. I said this. Jose Lima was a star of the Golden, uh, <laughs> the Golden Coast League. <laughs> yeah. And so we would go see Lima time, you know, like, so exactly. you get, did he do great? Cause I mean, he's you know, pitching or going up against all these people that are nobodies. No, I mean, when you're a pitcher, your arm shot. So yeah, the so, day your arm gets shot, you just have this dramatic two year fall down the stairs. Yeah. And it's, just, so you saw him get lit, like lit yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. But you also got to see like the, he like married at his peak you yeah, know? Like, yeah 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 <laughs> so we were always like we're like dude jose lima's like married to like a penthouse model you know like that's... and there they are like like there's six kids and he's like kissing all the kids and the <laughs> wife is on the road with him and you're like i mean he's still the chief as far as i'm concerned yeah. look at him lima time yeah and he's probably still getting some kind of money obviously it paid something so to him it's yeah, like dude, this he's is getting like a part you know, this is a rant it's like a whatever job it's like a retirement job instead of you go and work at the post office i'm gonna pitch in the what it was it independent league? It was the Golden Coast League. The Golden yeah. Coast League. That's cool. All yeah, right. no, exactly. You're just like that's you just become like this it makes super sense. baseball fan. It's like a G League. I'm a big ba- basketball guy. I grew up a big Yankee fan, like yeah. really big Yankee fan. I grew up in Albany, New York, and they had like the AC Yankees, like Albany Colony. Of course, yeah. So I got to watch the. I got to see like all the like Girardi, Pettit, Jeter, all these guys coming up through the system before mm-hmm. you knew who they were, like Jorge Posada. And then when they got big, it was so dope in that era. And then in the 2000s, when they just started trying to buy. Like that whole like 2001 to 2020, basically, it's just stopped being the farm system. And it's, or it felt like that a lot. And it just, I don't know, people don't realize how much 
you tie yourself to people and you want them to stay and see them. That's why I think Kobe yeah. mattered so much is he was LA day one to day to, that's it. Like yeah. when you stay with a team and that's who you are, especially it's like, man, like you, you have this allegiance. I mean, he went to high school down here. Yeah. And so like they wanted him and yeah. like they happened to be able to get him because yeah. Jerry West was smart. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was, um, the story goes that when he worked out with the Lakers, Jerry West was guarding him. No way. Yeah. But I mean, Jerry West is like a 60 year old man guarding yeah, this 18 like, year old kid. And he was, see. yeah, exactly. And when he was guarding him, he was like, oh, yeah, no, no, I can see in this kid's eyes. This kid's going to be it. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because Jerry West knows he played, like, he was around dudes like that in the league. He was like, oh, he, this guy. Yeah, he scouted magic. Oh, it's so fucking rad. Yeah, yeah you know exactly. And then a generation later, he just scouts the next generational player. Like, he was the generational player. And yeah. then Kareem happened, I think, while he was still, like, he wasn't front desk when kareem happened and then he was like all right cool there's magic oh you want to pick up a kobe you're gonna want a yeah. kobe well i was looking at not to just talk all sports uh yeah. but just to get yeah, some people hate that shit but uh i um uh, i was watching everyone did like the top 10 list right now because steph curry mm -hmm. is like is he in your top 10 list and no matter what the list five of them are lakers like it's crazy it. bro five of the top 10 people of all time and it's kind of it's like magic kareem Shaq, kobe and wilt are if you decided under. you wanted to make a top 10 and it's only Celtics and only Laker, Lakers. You can't. Yeah, you throw Larry Bird, Bill yeah. Russell. Yeah, mm -hmm. bro, that's fucking. Oscar crazy. Robinson. Like, you just do like. Do, 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 do. Isn't that it just goes down the It's line. kind of ridiculous, man. Yeah, there was an ESPN post that was like the top five Lakers of all time versus the top five <laughs> players that aren't Lakers of all time who would win. Holy shit, bro. That's true. Because other than what, you got Jordan. Yeah, you get Tim Jordan. Duncan. You get Steph. You get. Yeah, you get that. Um. Yeah, you don't get Shaq. No, I was going to say. He's yeah. gone, so you get Bird. Yeah, bro. Lakers will probably take that. That's, that's wild, <laughs> exactly. man. And then think at that point, like, the best center you got that's not that is Hakeem mm -hmm. or Barkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you're just like, all right, cool. That's yeah, and they're in Shaq. Yeah, dude, that's crazy to think, man. But so do you, it's not really just money. It's also just people. That, I know some people want to win. And I know it sounds dumb to say, but I was a big, obviously, Yankee fan. I, like, loved that shit. But after a while, I started following, like, the Pirates yeah. a lot. And I felt like they were happy just farming for the league. Okay. Like, if they popped so. once, cool. But it felt like every year they would just gut everybody. So here's the, I think here's the difference is you're like, the Yankees just want to win. The Yankees have a budget because they know they're going to fill those seats up, and so they built a stadium that's big enough to yeah, have pay. all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they made PNC Park 30000 they've capped their ability. Even if they decide, we're going to go a Yankee year, and we're going to have a $200 million roster. Never thought about that. So, they can't yeah. even break even on a $200 million roster. Oh, my God. See, I don't think that's why Even if they bro. sell it out. And so you're like, PNC has made the decision – that like, well, we're going to do this for what we can, yeah, but we uh. can't do this. And so when they do have somebody like an McCutcheon come up and they're like, he's like, oh, we accidentally have a superstar. Yeah. As soon as he can hit the free market, they can't afford to even compete with those things. Yeah. So it true. really is that big market versus small market thing, which is what makes Milwaukee crazy, which that is they why they want, have yeah. salary caps. Yeah. To be like, we don't want big markets to just exclusively. Dominate. But in baseball, they're like. We don't care. Yeah, baseball's weird. They don't give a fuck. It's like, if yeah, you spend no. it, you spend it. You yeah, just exactly. pay the luxury tax or whatever the fucking bullshit is. Yeah, if there wasn't a salary cap, Cleveland wouldn't have had a championship. Yeah. LeBron would have had to have stayed in Miami for anything. Yeah, it's true. Man, that's it sucks, too. It's so funny. I went to a soccer game, and I saw the LA Galaxy. Bro, their yeah. arena is so small. 
Yeah. It hold, I mean, it said it, hold, it held 27,000, but you're looking. It's just because the field is so big, but it's only goes up. It looks up. like only a 100 level. Bro, yeah, it, exactly. It only goes up a little bit, and it's like, yeah. this is, it looks like a high school, like, yeah. or a nice high school stadium, dude. Oh, you know, that'd be the sweetest Texas football stadium for yeah. high school. But yeah. I also, but you know I, I mean, it, I don't know. I don't even think it's big enough for high school football in Texas. Yeah, probably not. When I was, I visited my cousin Melissa, and we drove past a couple things, and it was like, Wait, so that does that support a bowl game or something? And she's like, no, that's just the high school. <sighs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And you're just like, wait, what? That's that's a high school. Yeah, so it's the same thing, except we don't care about soccer at all. My friend used to make a joke. I saw, I have a Mexican rock band I love. And I was like, dude, they sell out soccer stadiums all over the world. <laughs> and he's like, they sell them out here too because they only fit 5,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, it's appropriate that they're... <laughs> yeah, that's fucking funny. Yeah, man. Yeah, but that's what that's what that is. So I wanted to talk to you yep. about... I mean, like, I don't want to call you a self-made man right away. Oh, yeah. No, but, like, <laughs> but in comedy, yeah. people are always like, no, man, you got to bet on yourself first and do all these things for yourself. And you've done it in multiple different facets. I feel like I play small ball in it um, to where you're like, no, 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 I make bigger gambles. I mean, I just gamble because it's like, uh, it's like that dumb, it's like, you know, high, like high risk, high reward. Yeah, no, exactly. And I'm like, well, what if I little risk, but big heart? And they're like, <laughs> who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you do good with your little reward. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I appreciate you saying, cause I, I feel like right now I like things felt, feel like they're going decent, but it also feels like it's not, you know what I mean? It's like, you it always, always feel does. like it's not, you're not going great. Even talk to the people that you think made it. They don't think they made it yet. Yeah. I was going to say, with you, the exception of like Dane cook or something where he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I have this thing where I can really hang my hat on it. Yeah. Like I haven't talked to Taylor in the last couple of years to know if she feels that yet, but yeah, but there is like a lot of people that I know where I'm like, that person's made it. They're like, no, bro. No, 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 no. I'm knocking on the door of making it. Yeah. That's I feel. I feel like I'm, I'm happy cause I don't have like my job now is what I do, Yeah, but it's not like I'm making fucking stupid money. I'm just making a little bit. Oh, I'm, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm making what I was making at a real job on my own stuff. And if that to me is a huge win, but in the grand scheme of it, like I'm not doing it. Like I'm hoping to do, you know, better, but you know, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've been, so I got, I started the podcast studio in, exactly. in what, three years ago now, something like that. And then we got the venue going and then, uh, third wheel Hollywood. Yeah, third and wheel you started podcast third, studio. yeah, third wheel podcast studio. Then third wheel Hollywood. We have a podcast studio in Seattle as well, so we have two. Uh, we have two studios. Bam, in bam, one. Bam, bam, yeah, bam. yeah. But a lot of it's just uh, like honestly, like wait, did you start in Seattle? No, we started it here. Yeah. Then why did how did Seattle become a thing? That so uh, the co-owner Nolan, me and Nolan Culver yeah. opened it. He just wants to live in Seattle part time because his yeah. wife has family up there. So we just were like, fuck it. If you're going to be up there, we let's see if it'll work in a market that's not LA. Yeah. So then we brought it to Seattle and it was struggling a little bit, but then we, I don't know, right now it's actually doing like better than it's ever done. We're like, we it's moved. Of Monica. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. She kills it. We have great, yeah. that's the thing. We have really funny comics up there that go through, but we're starting to get, we get a lot of non-comics and a lot of businesses fucking with us now, which was kind of the goal is to get like people that don't know us have no tie to us at all because if you know us or know like a friend of a friend's like oh go to that use them it feels yeah, like whatever sure. but when someone that's going off the street that found you from an ad that you put up and they buy your stuff and keep coming like that to me is like that that works well yeah when you ask me to volunteer and you're like all right cool there's gonna be today's thing is like revolver magazine or maybe it was spin magazine and the oh, guest yeah, is yeah. zach wild you're like wait what 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's fuck- where I do open mics later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's weird. It's funny, too, because a lot of people, whenever they ask, like, what podcast do you produce? And it's like, oh, I don't. It's not my podcast. Like, my podcast, I do just like you do. Like, I do it usually at home. Mm-hmm. I set up just my iPad to get video of me. I don't even get the 4K video on the other side of my iPad because I can't see myself. So I don't even, like, do video the best quality. I just put it out and do whatever. But for other people, it's like... uh it's yeah, I just we just it's we rent out a, it's like a jam space for bands that we supply the equipment. You show up and you jam, mm-hmm. which is your podcast. Then you leave because like I we we used to do that when I was playing music all the time. Like we had nowhere to play, no one had like the gear. Some people only had like these practice amps, so you'd go pay hourly. And then when we start on the practice spaces out here, no, are they good? They're rad, really. Yeah, we should you jam. pay like fifty bucks. Yeah, we should. And there's like already a drum kit in there, really? and they have yeah. like full Marshall stack and like some other like full amp. The one I want to say it was an Ampeg Galen Kruger. No, because part of me was like, was Mesa it an Boogie. orange? Ooh, but no, exactly. It was something where I was impressed that it was there, but it wasn't something it, like. But I was like, if it was an orange, I would have remembered how bright that is. Yeah, yeah. Was it? Oh, whatever. I'm yeah, just, no, but I'll, it's something like that where you're just like, <laughs> oh no, this is decent what stuff. Called what was that one head? Oh yeah, the fifty one fifty. That's yep. um the Van Halen one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a fucking my good. Yeah, it could have been that. Like. Yeah, but it was uh. Krankenstein? <laughs> wasn't that. No, but it was of that level where you're just yeah, like, yeah, I you oh, I could totally see, like, it, whether you're an amateur or professional, if you walk in, you're like, cool, this covers my ground. Yeah. There's a bass amp. There's two, like, great guitar amps. There's yeah, a drum yeah. set. And there, there's a PA, and everything's plugged in. Yeah. So if you have anything special, you got to deal with that. But if you have anything basic, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's why I was thinking, because when, uh, like, my first thought of, like, obviously, you do a podcast, you know, at home. I started in, like, 2017 just with a Zoom recorder and just mm-hmm. building something in my apartment and just fucking around. And then, you know, you buy, like, better gear. Like, you're, you know, you got a roadcast. You start investing in your pod a little bit. You get yeah. better mics rather than these Radio Shack mics. You get some short, like, you start moving up and up. And then I was just kind of obsessed with, I, have, I get really obsessed with, like, a thing. And I was just obsessed with my podcast studio uh, it was in my apartment, just in my living room. And just, like, I put a table out. Like, I took over the apartment. The girl, thank God she didn't give a fuck. But it was, like, if you moved the camera an inch to the left, you'd see my kitchen. An inch to the right, you'd see the front door. Like, well, I mean, like, yeah, you could literally you put your phone on my bed. That's how close it is. Yeah, to where yeah. I'm doing. And I, when I've had female guests, I've warned them. I'm like, if you want to do this over Zoom, I get it. I do this in my bedroom, literally next to my bed. Yeah, that's hilarious. But it's, like, but every girl I've ever asked is, like, a friend for, like, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel, yeah. So they're like, no, I know you. It's fine. I'll I'll be interviewed by your bet. I'm like, all right, cool, thanks. But I'm also still always going to warn you. Yeah, no, that's smart of you too, because they can show up here and be like, all right, so what's the deal? And you're just like, yeah, exactly. You, can, you, you sit right there, and I'll, you know, whatever. No, no, you have to have a chair. You're not yeah. like going to sit on my bed. <laughs> That'd be funny if you and me were just laying. You have to have a chair, and it cuts to you and me laying on the bed, just talking. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so here's the deal: we do it on my bed. We get in a cuddle position. Yeah, it's like it's you can pick big, big spoons. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you get to pick. You, it's up to you. You want a big spoon or a little spoon? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Opening question. Is this more tense or less tense? Oh, that's fine. Does my arm man. go here? Your hair's in my face. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's that fun. would be a really funny podcast, but of course, you could never invite a girl to do yeah, that. It would change yeah, the yeah. context. Yeah, podcasting's weird. I, I love doing it, but it's funny because I do it because I enjoy doing it, but I don't. You see some people that go so all in because like I went all in with the studio, like building that and like doing whatever but for my own podcast. Like I, I mean, I, I like share some clips. You don't want five, <laughs> five cameras on you while you do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, I get why other people do, but for me, it's just like, I just want to travel. I'll put my phone up just for whatever. But 
I I don't know. I I don't want to do it at that level. And maybe I will want to later, but that also involves I'd have to get a producer because like the more people aren't like the second I start talking to anyone about how to like do a podcast from square one, if it's not audio only, you're already getting into like, do you know how to edit things at all? And then they're just like, wait, no. Yeah, they have to learn that just for the audio. Yeah. So I get that a lot where people are like, I want to talk to you about because I want to start a podcast. And they all just think that that's what they just do. They're like, so what app do you use on your phone? And you're like, oh, I tried this method when I first started. There's no app you get on your phone. Exactly. You have to go a little deeper in. And then they're just like, all right, cool. Well, what do how do I, you know, like, do I need a microphone? Like, yeah. Yeah. And you need a thing to plug it into and a thing that records it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you need a place to host it. Yeah. That's the thing they don't. Bro, they don't get. yes, the host is so funny. Like, so now what do I do with it? I get that from people all the time. Like, all right, so I record. Like, now what? How do yeah. I get? How do I get it everywhere? It's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, where do you want it first? Yeah, like, exactly. Then, like, by the way, this next part takes two weeks and it's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Because you wait three days, you're like, it's going to be up, and then yeah. you get an email. It's like, it's not going to be up. But and that's like, why. Wait, what? Yeah, that's why the business I feel like did so decent. Honestly, dude, is like, I would not. We would never have done third wheel at all if. Well, two things. One is if there was another podcast studio. Yeah. Because we didn't even know. There was one, I guess, in New York that started before us, but we didn't know about it until a year in when we started kind of researching just Mm -hmm. podcasting in general. Um, Because I expect there to be like a jam space for music. And I I remember telling Nolan that like, oh, bro, there's got to be a spot. And then we can just rent that out. There's four of us. And then there Mm -hmm. just wasn't. There was a lot of recording studios that would like have boom arms and stuff. And you're like, bro, this is a music. I know music studio. This is a music studio. This isn't a podcast space. So then we just started building the podcast space. But I almost, uh, I run on spite real hard, bro. Like that is the secret. uh, Bro, 100%. (laughs) Seriously, man, anything I, I like, I give you a list of reasons I, I go so hard. It's because the second I stop, I think I look at that list and it's like, oh, I, I want to bury this person. Yeah. Like I want to like you thought I couldn't do whatever or you were so negative to me or you it just like you count. It was just like that. And like I know you're not going as hard as me and I'm going to go five times even harder right now. Because I like and bro, like that shit. Yeah, I switched three or four years ago mentally stand up wise with that. Where you're like, I don't know who's going to follow me, but I'm going to bury them every yeah, time. Yeah. I don't want to be at this level anymore. And I'm going to prove it by burying the person behind me. I apologize to anyone who has to try to follow me at this point. But good for you, man. Because I feel yeah. like, I'm, how long have you been doing it? 11 years. Yeah, because I know you've been, yeah, exactly. You've been in it longer than me. Because I remember when I started, like I was a couple years in and I knew that you were already-ish established. Over, I'm nine years in. So like, yeah. okay, anyone that's even a couple years above you when you start out, you're like, that guy's been doing it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Someone <laughs> that doesn't look completely lost the day you walk in. Yeah. You're like, all right, he, he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But, just because I point at the guy when I get the light, you're like, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, I can right. learn something. Yeah. <laughs> you just say what's up to the bartender on stage. You're like, well, he knows everybody. He, he's so in. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, it's it is that mindset of how to get over that hump. Even just on, speaking on a comedy side, bro, like I feel like I've been like a feature for like fucking six years, kind. It's just like I got in not early, but three to four years in, I started featuring a little bit. I was like, oh, this is cool because I did clean stuff a lot. Yeah, because I was started in Seattle, so like it was all like you wouldn't get booked. Like that scene is it's good and bad. It's good to like, hey, I came from upstate New York where I might. It could definitely soften a lot of my vocabulary, yeah. but then it ran me through a ringer to I'll where I'll tell you mentally, I have a clean versus dirty idea. Yeah. And that's like, I don't like the thing I don't like about dirty comics is if they're like, I'm a dirty comic, you're like, oh, then you're talking about one of four things. Yeah, it seems yeah, so yeah. limited. Well, I don't say dirty, I say I swear. 
Yeah, I get it. I casually I, swear, but yeah, exactly. I to- casually turn it off. Yeah. Well, my problem is if I'm comfortable and I just start speaking like myself in my conversations, I just I, like I fucking sweet. I mean, I'm just like yeah, me too. So on stage, I, my jokes aren't dirty. Like I really have a soft set, but. I'll swear during my cat joke, I'll say this fucking cat was like, what, like whatever. So yeah. when I did like, uh, I did a dry bar special. I felt so weird in it. Cause the whole time I was in my head, like, Oh, like I can't even say, Oh my God. And I said it three times. I could feel the crowd. Like <gasps> that's blasphemy. Like you could, yeah. they did not. And I was like, and then in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, it's just, what are you guys doing? I'm trying not to say fuck right now. Like, yeah, exactly. you, like this is wild. So, but then I realized like, I don't want those fans. I don't want to bum anybody out. I want to be yeah. genuine. And it's like, I don't know, man, I fucking swear when I talk. And if you don't like that, then I'm sorry, but I'm not a shitty person. I'm not going to go up there talking about like coming in people's faces. I'm like, my jokes aren't dirt. Like I don't talk about sex at all. I just have like one joke that's even kind of dirty and I close with it. Yeah. Like I try not even dude, no joke. Like when I hear people talk about some stuff on stage, if it's not like at a late, late mic at like one in the morning, if I'm on a show and I hear some comic com- talking about coming or pissing on something. Like I, I, I'm even like Jesus, but that's the Seattle part of me that was yeah. like everything. But I feel that just as a person, where you're just like, yeah, true. Hey, I know I'm gonna see ten dudes right now. <laughs> Can I get out of here with not knowing about all of your dicks, dude? That is true. Is like I don't need to know about anybody's sexual stuff at all. Like, can we yeah, just talk? About- I don't care. I'm also not impressed. Yeah, that's the other thing. I remember there was once a comic. They're gone now. That was like talking about Killed like- themselves. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said yeah, it, it was just like, yeah, that's uh, funny. No, where they were talking about like fingering a girl on stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like I'm watching from the audience, I'm like, I think you're 35, dude. It's okay that you're a sexually active adult. Yeah, but yeah, but I'm not impressed by that yeah. at this point. Where you go, no, dude, we're adults. That's what happens in our adult relationships when we start dating people. Like, yeah, it's not. It is kind of funny when you see some people on stage talk about some stuff that they're doing currently, and they're really kind of giddy and excited about it, and it's like. Oh man, you have just this is like the first it's like a first kiss kind of thing. Like, is yeah. this the first time you've touched seen a pussy dog? Like, are we why are you talking about it in front of a complete room of full of strangers? That's the other thing. It's a room with a bunch of strangers in it too. Like, I don't want to get off stage and have people know about my whatever crazy Well, sometimes I wonder that I'm like, am I at an incel meeting? Cause everyone in the audience is like in on it too. Yeah. They're just like, wait, what? High five this guy on the way down. Yeah. He touched a boob yesterday, and you're like, what? Yeah, that's why open mics are so brutal. Like, I enjoy doing, I enjoy doing them because it keeps you like obviously like, you know, yeah. Like, I, in the beginning, I always tell everyone like, you have to do them all the time. But like, it's not like I, I'm like a veteran or whatever. I but can't it's like stop. after a minute, it's just you go to you go to a lot, don't you? Yeah, I can't stop, and I tell you why. Because I'm embarrassed to be like, put me on your show, but I'm not embarrassed to like, all right, cool, I sign up 13, okay, I'll see you in 10 comics. Yeah, like I know what you that's mean. what it is. Is this like, I know I could be there and like asking people to be on their shows repeatedly but i've also been doing this for a long time i can't just sit there and just do that repeatedly yeah it's way easier to just show up at the time sign up and, and wait go, for my time yeah. and you're like cool i you're get up every day so i got up today and i didn't have to ask anyone special permission i didn't have to feel the shame of having to ask a person yeah that's true it doesn't like, that doesn't it get aggravating though at some point where you're just like when the fuck does it get to that level where it's like i'm willing to go anywhere like if you tell yeah. me, Mike, you come even for like b- break me even and let me sell merch and I'll make like that's like f- my flight I've come to the hotel. conclusion that that doesn't happen in Los Angeles. That happens oh. in other cities. Oh no, the, the, yeah, you, you but don't. it doesn't. If you're gonna be a Los Angeles based comedian, you don't make money until you make a full living. You yeah, don't yeah, ramp yeah. your way up to a living. You just 
have a special thing happen and now you're can i tell you something awesome. funny too yeah no, that's true well he's such a gem man i i was working the comedy underground uh when he was in the comedy competition before he popped like when he mm -hmm. won seattle dude no joke i saw his first set and after his first set everybody in that room knew he was going to win the competition and we all knew he was going to be famous like i'm not even kidding it was so so crazy good like it we it was it's one of those weird moments where you're like in comedy where you, you see something happen you're like oh this is i'm gonna talk about this forever like this this is wild and then now that he is that big it doesn't surprise me at all it's like oh if i had anyone to bet on it's like i would have bet on preacher lawson day one when i saw him he was so I mean, eons beyond everybody, so nice to everybody, mm -hmm. so fucking, like, genuinely funny and cool. And, like, bro, I was in a hotel. This is when it sucks. I was in a hotel room in, like, the middle of nowhere, featuring probably losing money, feeling, you know, shitty, but, yeah. like, trying to feel good. I swear to God, I turn on the TV. I never watch TV. I'm on the hotel TV just because my buddies are like, just watch that. You'll laugh at how bad it is. But I scroll through, and I see... Preacher Lawson sitting on a private jet making Howie Mandel laugh his ass off. Yeah. And it's just cutting back and forth. And he's you know, no, just like sitting there, like doing these fucking things. And how, bro, it was such a funny, like I'm looking around like a Motel 6 kind of room. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? I don't expect to be there. But it's like, I don't expect to be here either, bro. Yeah, there's got to be a middle. Yes. Right? There's, it's like, I don't want to be. Can like, I be in the Motel 12? Yeah, man. It's like, dude, for real. It's like, I, that's the thing that kills me. It's like, I just don't want to be like treated like shit. Like, I don't need to be treated like a king but motherfucker bro the amount of work that we do to travel and do all this shit and like the lack of respect but also money i watched preacher not get respect for eight years before yeah that's true so that's the other thing like i know but he was ready to pop the entire time i met when he was 18 oh, i'll give shit. you my, my preacher story yeah i was just starting open mics maybe a year in and you go to florida or something no, he came no. Out I was down here. I went to an open mic at Fullerton called Max Blooms. Okay. The regulars at the time was Olivia Grace was brand new to comedy, and she was showing up every week. And then Tom Goss was there a bunch, and Keith Carey are the ones that are still at it. They're yeah, a regular. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. a couple others that were like, you know, there's always the open mic where they're like, there's the kid that's like, I got molested, and he was like everyone's favorite. Like, yeah. And he, like, he didn't kill himself to this day, but he doesn't do stand-up, so I'm proud of him. Thanks for not killing yourself. Yeah, good job, and, dude. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, there was me trying to figure it out. And one day, there's 18-year-old Preacher Lawson just sitting there, like, shy, like, hey, man, like, how do I sign up? No you know, like, way. Totally. And we all got up, because he didn't know how to sign up, so he signed up, like, dead last. We all got up and, like, left after our turn. And then the next week, um, Preacher's there, and the host is like, hey, Nobody was here for this guy set yesterday, and he still performed 100%, or like last week, performed 100%, and he was funnier than all of you guys, right? No he way. was, just, Yeah, exactly. He was just like, so I really want to show this guy. I want to show this guy to the world. So, guys, pay attention. You're going to laugh. Guys, Preacher Lawson, and he came up and did a bit where he jumped up, you're like super high. Yeah. He did a thing about theme parks where there was the... It was the Twilight Zone ride. He had a joke about that, but it was like about going to hell or whatever. Okay. Because he went with like his grandma or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I think he already had the joke about his grandma in the car as it was rolling over. Oh, really? Yeah, where Damn. it was just like she likes, she's too confident with her relationship with Jesus yeah, yeah, to yeah. trust her while driving. And so like it was just like, that yeah. was good. And I talked to him afterwards. And I was like, sorry, I left. And he's like, it's okay, man. I know. I get it. You know, like, and then I was like, I'm going to the comedy store tomorrow if you want because I was staying in. Fullerton and he was staying in Long Beach he was working at a Red Lobster in Miami and transferred to the one out in Long Beach no way yeah so he could so be he was out living here out here for a minute for just 
literally like weeks. I was gonna I say, took him I, to the comedy store and he was asking everybody like, "How long you been doing it? How long you been doing it? How long you been doing it? You making a living? You making a living? Nobody's making a living. Everyone's been doing it a decade, right?" And preacher was like, "Okay," and then transferred right back to Miami. Dude, you know that I love that shit because it's so it people don't realize like you need to make money to have any kind of confidence as yourself as a human beyond comedy, mm -hmm. beyond whatever, make a living. You need to do something of value. You need to do whatever. So like, bro, like that's going back to third wheel real quick with that is like the reason that even that's successful enough to where I don't need a job. I focus yeah. on third wheel and stand up. is that that's it is I don't care a lot more now. Yeah. And it's making a lot, not in a dick way, but in a way of like, I was so nervous about who would book me in. And a lot of it was like, why do I care? It's like, well, I need to get this money. And it's like, well, I make my own money now when money's not the issue. Yeah. Like, dude, when I played music, you were probably the same way. Like, I, I played like death metal. I'd never, ever, ever played music because of money. It was like, people were like, if we sing, we'll get booked more. It's like, I don't give a shit. I have fun screaming and jumping around. So that's what we did. Yeah. And we found our base. And Dude, people I was a troll musically. I would show up at places and like dare them to keep me going. You know, like. That's awesome. I have a show, like it's on my Andy Leonard's episode, if anyone wants to go back, where I literally used cookies instead of picks. No, yeah. And so as I'm like strumming, <laughs> cookies are just going everywhere. Bro, that's hilarious. And it was at a cafe and the guy was just like, what are you doing? I'm like standing on a table. <laughs> Bro. And I put a plate of cookies on every table Dude. because I knew that this was going to happen. So I was just going down to all the different things and just doing Bro, it. And these things are shredding everywhere. Dude, yeah, and the guy was like, the owner was like, you have to clean this up when you're done. I like, just like hucked a cookie at him. I'm like, I'll clean it up when I'm done when I want to. Dude, that's so fun. Yeah, but, but it was just, just constant. Like, what can I do? I wanted to see how far I could push it before the people in town would be like, we can't have you keep doing this. Yeah. And but, it never happened. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I feel like musically, that's what we were like, dude, we would sing. It was just so everything that we wanted. Yeah. Art, artistically, we would never bend for any. And if anyone sh was like, they walked out, we would play even harder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. It was our fucking jam. And then the people that didn't walk out moved forward and we got real fans yep. that would message us, hit us up and be like, you guys are fucking dope. And then when that fucking all broke up and I started doing stand up. I don't know why, bro. I think, I think it was, honestly, I think it was Seattle because in New York, I had a different, complete mindset. And Seattle definitely helped me, but I'm saying, like, I, I was like, all right, let me not rustle any feathers. I'm going to try to do whatever. And with comedy, after a while, it's like, I feel like I'm doing it not the same reason I played music. Music was, like, for the love of music and comedy right now. I was like, what am I saying? Why am I saying it? And what am I looking for? And a lot of it, the answers aren't it doesn't matter. I just want to be funny. And that's what should be the only answer is I just want to be funny. And I want people to like, like, like connect with people that like my actual humor. If I write a clean, that's why I don't like clean stuff a lot. If I write a clean joke and get all these people that love that and they listen to my podcast or talk to me, they're going to be like, Oh, this isn't the fucking guy that I thought I liked. You know that's what I mean? Interesting. I would say, I mean, my answer is I want to be the best comedian I could be. And it's purely just because I want to be peers with the people I idolized as a kid. So here's you know, a question. Like, would you rather be, and I'm not going to say names of comics to like be a dick, but would you rather be a super like big name comic, like in the circles, I'll say a couple of people, like in the, uh, like, uh, people like the Chris Hardwicks, like who is not, who's big. We know who he is. He's got a mm -hmm. you know, but he's, we, we, no one reveres him as like, Oh man, this guy's a fucking beast. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like we'll talk about like a Seinfeld or a Nate Bargatze or fucking mm -hmm. someone like that. But then, or would you rather be someone like uh like a David Tell is a perfect example. 
Bong. Mm-hmm. The perfect example. That's what I was going to say. It's a perfect example. Oh, and Lewis Black. Oh, bro. <laughs> yeah, you're we got to like, about that. That's crazy. Yeah, like, I don't have a picture of Chris Hardwick in here. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like, but they're arguably the way fun. I mean, David Tell could be t- Mount Rushmore of comedy. I'll even go bigger than that, and I'll say, like, take that aside because you're looking at the picture of him. Um it sounds like you're saying, would I rather be Stephen Wright or yes. someone who's selling out yeah. even bigger theaters? Because would you rather have the respect of your peers? Yeah. As in, like, say they'll still respect I me. Mean, they're not like they don't respect people like the Chris Hardwick. I don't mean to use his name. I just Listen, know we all love the Beatles or whatever. Yeah. But we also really love a band that's ours. Yeah. I don't mind being a band that's ours. That Okay, that's what I'm saying. I feel like before I thought I wanted to be more of the Beatles, and that's why I was doing clean stuff. I wanted to prove to myself that I could do the what they I want. The reason I started as clean was because I wanted to work faster. Me too. And I heard that you work faster if yes, you work clean. 100%. And so I was Which just is like, true. Yeah, I was Especially like, for a yeah, yeah, I just want the job. I just want <laughs> the job. Whatever I need to do to qualify for the job. Yeah. And then when I realized the job wasn't going to come, <laughs> it became, Bro. that's when I was just like, Oh, well, then I just want to be the best version of me. See, thank you. And, and I, I feel like I'm funnier than almost everyone. Not everyone. I know what you mean, yeah. But you're like, if I walk into a room, especially at an open mic, I'm like, well, I'm definitely in the top 20% funniest yeah. people here, and I'm going to show it. And I'm also going to take some chances. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So at the same time, I'm also like, well, I'm not going to totally win all the time either. I'm but going to fail. That's the beauty. That's, that's what part of it. Yeah. It's part of like wrestling is like... There's a guy who does a lot of flips on at wrestling right now. Yeah. And Shawn Michaels is like his mentor. And there was a conversation they showed where Shawn Michaels is like, we don't watch you struggle. You make the flips look too easy, so it's not as mystifying. If we watch you struggle to complete the flip, mm. it's more. And so I'm always going up there. I want to flex a little. Yeah. I want to show them I can do the flip. But I also want to show them the struggle of the flip. Yeah, because you're trying to, and it's also the struggle happens because you're trying to make it better constantly. You're trying to, yeah, be, yeah, and I will take the chance. I'm yeah. not afraid to be like, See, okay, that, I'm taking the chance. This one might fail. Yeah, but that's that Roy, that's that Roy Scoville shit. Because that I know he's on a different level. I, but well, that, I don't think he is, and I'm sorry. I do respect and I love Rory, but it would not shock me if in ten years. I'm new, the new Rory Scovel. Well, I'm just saying, like, where he just takes those chances as in, like, uh, he you'll see him bomb mm-hmm. sometimes, and people are like, oh, he's one of the funniest comics. Like, he is, but I, you'll also see videos of him bombing. Yeah. Because he'll just sit in the pocket and stay with it, but that's also that's what, what I love like, is, like, I want, I need that more. Cause when I, I watch him, I'm like, oh, th- this is... What I feel like I'm working towards. Yeah. I'm working towards that. Like, and not so, give a fuck. It's all about. And that's the truth. Yeah, I'm like, not saying I'm as good as him now. <laughs> I am saying in 10 years, I'm watching and like, doing this. Well, no, but much I'm like. No, but it's like the way that, like, I would have to put it in wrestling terms. Adam Cole is trying to be Shawn Michaels. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not Shawn Michaels, but if you're like, hey, do you think you're as good as Shawn Michaels? He's like, yeah, by the end of my career, when we go and do the look back. Yeah, I know what you it's mean. It's going to be the conversation. There's yeah. going to be a point where Rory's not doing it anymore, and I am. And then you'll have to compare. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And then people will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you you like Rory, but like he's not doing the shows? Go to that then. Yeah. There's a point where the Grateful Dead fans went to see Fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love that, too, because it is the idea that that's, like, to follow. It's so funny, man, because, like. That is that idea. He just went his own route. He didn't give yeah. a fuck. And a lot of people for a while were like, you can't book that guy. He's going to, he might die on the show, but to your, but like, yeah, but he might have a better shit. It's like that high risk, high reward, bro. And that's the part of my standup. I don't do that at all enough in my standup, but in the oh, rest of my no life. Loss and that's a weird part. So I feel like on stage, I do that all the time. Yeah. In fact, if I'm sitting there and staying in my material, that really just means 
when I do that, I'm trying to learn how to get the same reaction from my material that I do when I'm off. Yeah, I do better yeah, yeah. when I'm not on my material. Yeah. But I'm like, no, no, no. But when I'm able to combine That's the goal. two things. Is you can riff and then combine material with yeah, your when I can, Yeah, when I can combine the two things is when I'll really be very powerful as a comic. And you have to learn how to do that through trial and error. Yeah, that's so funny, man. Because, like, honestly, like I'm all about, like we were saying, the high risk, high reward. But I can't, for some reason, with stand-up, I don't take as much risk and when i do like i get great bro it's like i did mushrooms into that set i got like four million views online and like it was like three years into stand-up or two years in it was fucking wild and it's like oh i just riffed that entire set and most of my best sets i have ever and i post them are my high sets i just riff and that's why i started that riff raff mic i just want so much of the material now is based on my material is based on me riffing other things yeah so my favorite bit that i'm doing right now because it's new yeah. Was I had an idea about Top Gun that didn't work. And then I said a line that saved the set. And then you just go off that line now. And you're like, oh, that's the premise. I'm yeah, thinking. yeah, yeah, yeah. The original premise is coming. I'm with you. Cause I don't, I'm not married to any, like, I, when I look back at how I even wrote my jokes, like, I never thought of half of this shit. It was just, I was talking about something else and that yeah. led me to this. Cause I'm just looking for the funny. Cause it's just like when you're talking to someone, you're just, I just want to make people laugh at some point. Yeah. In and some of the tags off that didn't work. So the future tags also didn't work. Yeah. But I was like, no, I believe in those tags. I don't believe in the one that took all the air out of the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's true, man. That's the other thing is like, we're the ones that are, uh, the quote-unquote professionals at some point. So when you are doing it, it gets to, like... Like, I'm headlining my first show ever next week, and, I, and I'm a little nervous, Woo. but then a part... Yeah, no, whatever. But a part of me is also like, well, don't be... Ner like, I, I'm nine years... Everyone sitting down in that room is not nine years into doing stand-up. They're True. not... They haven't done the... You know what I mean? It's like, at some point, it's like, I have to see myself as not... Even if you're... Like, let's say you have a friend that's been doing it 20 years, and yeah. they show up. I know. They're still rooting for you. Yeah, I know. And if you're a comic, too, that's... And by that, I mean, like, Mike Malone. If Mike Malone yeah, shows yeah, yeah. up... Oh, he's so funny, who, I know, man. who we both adore. Love that guy. Yeah, love him, too. And I think he's one of the best... His new special, dude, blew me away. Like, I've seen a lot of new ones recently. Like, Joe List's new special was great. Oh, yeah, we were both in the room. Yeah. So for anyone that knows... Um, there was only 15 people in the room when he recorded his new special on YouTube that already has thousands of views. It's incredible, dude. It's so yeah, good. Yeah, it's called Wait and See. It's so good. It's so good. And you were like, hey, will you go... I'm going to leave for a second. You cover the board. And I was like, sure. But I also was not surprised when you just was like sat down and like, no, I'm staying. Yeah. I was really serious. Like seven minutes in, I was like, I was told myself, I'm going to wait until there's a little lull. Bro, there was no lull. No. It, the whole story, when it went down, it went down for a reason. He brought it back up. It was so, it was just real to me. That, that's the other thing about stand up, bro. I was like, I, I don't feel like sometimes. I don't know. It's like when you see headliners. When I don't. I think it's not until you headline at least a little bit. It's like I, we're not in the majors. Like I might be a rookie. I feel like this is like that G League or I'm in. I'm in AAA right now, featuring or double. I'll bring it all the way back around to baseball. There was somebody that said you don't realize that there's different levels of the major leagues until you reach it. Because he's like, you focus on I'm in double A. I want to get to uh, single A. No, I'm single A. I want to go to double A. Yeah. I want to get to triple A. I want to get in the majors. And then you're like, oh, there comes a point where in the majors, we'll just give it levels of like 99. Yeah. And Mike yeah. Trout's at 99, and the next person is at like 90. Yeah. And then after that, there's a bunch of people that are in the 80s. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. and I'm sitting here in the 40s trying to figure out how I can make it to the 60s. You know, you're that's like. True. And right now, we're just trying to get into the game. I'm just trying to yeah. get to the show. Oh, you exactly. I mean? that's, like, that's where I feel like I'm sitting. You're like, hey, guys, I'm a, a minor league player with the Gold Coast 
guys. Yeah, man. I, that's I'm telling you. But I'm you, young bro. and I want to be recruited. I feel you, bro. And it's like that now you get random little opportunities here and there, and it's just like, all right, I'm gonna headline is one show, then I'm back to featuring the next two months. So it's like I get one. They call you up for one game, and then hopefully you do good. But no matter what, you're not. It's like you said. No matter if you knock 40 home runs, you're not gonna go right to the show. I'm going back. And then it's like, all right, how, what did you play? It's like, oh, I got two hits. I was two oh, for five. Yeah, no, that's just true. Like, I can right. headline next week for a hundred bucks. Yeah. Have a great set, tape it. I still have to host the open mic. Next yeah, week. bro. Uh, that's <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. It's so weird. Cause it's like, even when I got that headlining set, my, my mom, everyone in my family was just like freaking out. And I was like, you guys, first of all, it's a brewery, nothing against it, but tall ceilings and uh, barrels everywhere. It doesn't really sound like a great fucking show to me but still nothing against it but you know what i mean i was scared of doing those kinds of things it's rough until man. i saw who else was being booked on these things i know and then you go oh well they're gonna be used to whatever my follies are and it, and if that, i take it yeah. higher they're just happy i did it i know that's what i was realizing too is like try to strive for as best as i could be but don't think that i'm not bet like yeah they don't get Mark Norman there. Yeah, exactly, bro. Exactly. You're so right. So like, I'm. That's the first thing I think is like, I'm not going to be the best headliner, and it's like, yeah, but you're going to be way like, no offense. Like, that's what I've been realizing. They're taking single A headliners. Yes. And they're just like, hey, we'd love some single A headliners here, and you show up and you're like, guys, I got to be honest, I'm not Nolan Ryan. <laughs> and they're like, we're not asking for Nolan Ryan. Yeah, I know, right? They're just like, we just they, honestly, it's just to them. It's like, we need someone that can talk for 45 minutes that won't walk the room and have people leave just in, in a good mood. And yeah. it's just like, I, I can do that. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. and if you can do better, great, but at least you can do what they want. And that's what I keep telling. Like, I can at least do what they want, and hopefully I can perform to the point where that I'm where I now want. Let me ask you this. How much are they paying you? 150? They're going to get their 150. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Mazzalotti. Uh, before I get too far into talking about Mike Mazzalotti, I wanted you guys to know that he currently has a GoFundMe. He got a dog, I want to say three months ago. It's a cute dog, little Frenchie. Um, the dog needs a surgery on his hips so he can walk again. And so he put up a GoFundMe. And if you guys wanted to donate to Mike Mazzalotti's GoFundMe, he has a bunch of links to it on his Instagram, at Mike Mazzalotti. M-I-K-E-M-A-S-I-L-O-T-T-I. Go ahead. Go at it. Go to his GoFundMe. Help his dog out. Whew. It That happened all in between the interview and the thing. That's why we didn't talk about it at all. In fact, this interview happened, I think, three weeks ago. Uh, it's been a long time. And I, for those that are avid listeners, for those that are in the future, they didn't even notice, I missed a week. This is my first time I've ever missed a week of releasing an episode. And I had three episodes in the can. So it wasn't like I missed the episode because I didn't get a guest. You know, like, um, I'll get to more of that. Mike Mazzalotti. Mike. He and I met years ago on a show. We did a show I thought it was going to be in a dispensary. It was in an empty art gallery that had a bunch of weed vendors. And it was a great show. It was just really fun. The audience was there to laugh. Although, if you guys are comics, only comics would know this. When you do a show that's full of high people, 
they're not big laughs. Everyone laughs like a Hanna-Barbera dog, you know? that, <laughs> And so you always are frustrated when you're on stage trying to bring more and more because you can hear and see everybody giving you the little snicker laughs. And you're like, no, 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 no. I want the big belly laughs. And so you keep trying to give it to them. But they're in that state where that's what they want to do is they want to do those little internal kind of internal combustion laughs and you don't get the combustion and so you're like no and so you get there you know like so i know i had a good set i recorded it and was really mad because every there wasn't a lot of noise and you know like but i was like no i had a good one and mike had a great set and you know we talked a little bit afterwards started following each other on instagram cut to i don't remember seeing him maybe once or twice little head nods hey what's up dude two three years later he opens up third wheel He's one of the four owners of Third Wheel. Avery Ross, uh, another past guest, he opened it with him. He opened it with Dex Carvey and Nolan Culver, and we're going to try to get all of them on eventually. And it's only a mile from my house. I saw them start to build it during the pandemic on Instagram, and I remember Mike even sending me a message like, dude, you're going to perform so much here. And he was right. You know, like, they eventually were like, we need door people. And I was like, dude, I'm on government unemployment. Let's do it. And... I waited till after I got my shots, but then I was like, no, I got my shots. I got my shots so I can do stand-up again. And so now I I do that, and I'm still there. I still work at Third Wheel every week. I host an open mic there on Mondays. I host a random Midnight Madness mic. So I would say I'm a part of it, and there's a bunch of people that are. Mike Demons, or J- Mike Demon, James Demons a part of it. There's a, a bunch of us that are a part of it, and it's really super cool, and I love how it's all working out. I love... I love Third Wheel. I love Mike. I love Mike for starting it. I love all those guys. And that's cool. Like It started with a bunch of guys. And we all say, I love you to each other. I know I did the I love you stuff last podcast too. But it is cool. That it's just like, oh, no, no, no. That's what we do. We openly tell each other we love each other. Same as the, uh, the last outro. So, Mike Meslotti, follow him. Help his dog out. Great talk. One of the rare interviews where I sat there to edit it down to a half an hour, and I went, no, I'm keeping the whole thing. That is exactly from the moment I pressed play or record to the moment I pressed stop. It was perfect. And even then, even though it's a longer one for me, he was still like, that's it? I get that a lot when I end it. And I go, okay, we did the podcast. And they're like, really? That That's all? So, boom, that's it. We did it. I missed last week. Because I lost my grandfather, and it was more important to me to get down to San Diego as soon as I could. I was working, and then I was like going to San Diego, and I wasn't going to disconnect from what was all happening. So I was like, no, I'm not going to spend the time to do an outro and put up the thing and make promo. I didn't want to promote a thing. I wanted to just be there and be present with my family. And... My grandfather, I mean, in the last couple of years, he's gotten slow. And so, but you know what I mean by slow. He just slowed down. You know, like, you walk slower. You just, you take in life a little slower. And I remember a couple of years ago, sitting down with him and him even talking to me about that, where he was like, yeah, I'm starting to slow down. I'm going to let Mother Nature take its course. You know, and that was years ago. And then it finally came on last Monday, the Monday, or not 
last month, the day after Father's Day, called him. And then later that night, he passed away. And it was just like, got the phone call. And you're like, all right. We've all been kind of waiting for this moment, but we're doing it. And we're all gathering. And because his, I don't know, like, his life was perfect. His life was perfect in the sense that, not that nothing ever went wrong, but it was like he fell in love young. He married my grandmother. He stayed with her for 67 years. And then he had kids. And then when the kids went out of the house, he worked till his retirement. And then he traveled around the world. You know, like he did all these things that he wanted to do. And it was great. And he like let us all know that it was great. And then now it was just like, cool. Let's all like gather and celebrate all this. And it, it all happened. It was wonderful. I don't mean to make a eulogy of this, but it was just like, that's what happened to me last week. And it was, I think it's important to say that, that it was beautiful how it all happened. Because at any time, like, you know, like I talk to some people and you tell them and they're just like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You're like, I mean, yes, there's some, that is a sadness, you know, and we all cried. But there also is like, it's completely, you couldn't have had a beginning, middle, end not better. It was, it's also very happy to see the whole circle complete. And like the, the Reddit thing would be oddly satisfying, you know, like, and it is like, that is what a life lived. All of it happened the way he wanted it to. He even had the service he had already planned. So that was also kind of neat to see like, the way all of it was planned and how it all went down. And so it was, it was really beautiful, you know? Love him. Lost a guy that loves me, and that's that's the saddest part to me. Is you go, oh, I lost one of the guys that's going to love me the most my whole life. But so cool to have him. You know, like, it was like, got to have him. And for a long time, for as long as anyone could ever ask for, I got more than, I, than a lot of other people. So... That was cool. That's why I missed last week. Totally worth missing. Um, I have an episode coming up next week with Jared Levin. And I'm going to apologize now because I messed up in the recording process. And so my microphone isn't on. Jared's is on. And Jared's life is so weird and confusing and bizarre that I am like, I am not not releasing this. This guy got kidnapped, and I asked him about it. This guy, I did not ask him about this other one. This guy, I saw China from WWE show up to the comedy store and just fall in love with him. She immediately was like, who's that guy? And like, there's something really odd and charming about him. He is, much like Michelangelo, a surfer dude. He is just a surfer bro dude that just lets life happen around him and at him. And it seems like he just likes the, like the way he likes a wave to sweep him away. He likes life to sweep him away and not think about anything about consequence and just let it happen. And so that interview is so fascinating. I am releasing it anyways. I didn't want to release it because of my mic issue, but what Jared brought to it and Jared's weird life, I'm like, I'm not not releasing this. So I apologize to Jared that it's not a perfect interview in that sense, but also you guys have to hear it. Um, so next week, Jared Levin. Guys, thank you very much for listening and thank you for putting up with me. Mm-hmm.